Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long, Bobby Bear, and... Um, Steve Geller taking a little bit of family time off, so uh, Charlie and I will roll this till 7 o'clock tonight, and then uh, you just heard Charlie talk about it. Cleveland Browns played in New York Jets, and the sort of story behind the story, we've talked about this um, for over a week now, Joe Flacco and what he's meant uh, to the Browns, and when you know Deshaun Watson went down and uh, Dorian Robinson Thompson comes in, the rookie from UCLA, but they wanted the old veteran, and here he comes in, 38 years old, and he's just done a fantastic job uh, for the Browns. Former Jet, so that'll be a part of the storyline tonight. The Jets have played good defense, but uh, nothing on offense, and this looked to be a great matchup before the season started because they everyone thought, and Rodgers would be playing in this football game. It's not happening uh, tonight. So um, you can hear that game live right here on the Big 870 and free on the Odyssey app. Charlie, one of the things I want to bring up is uh, Jari Evans uh, being one of the finalists for Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well deserved. And um, again, I think it may be tough for him to get in this year. Oh, but uh, eventually Jari is going to be in that number. And I see those... Uh, what he's done here with the Saints. And then, you know, he had a short stint with the Packers in Seattle and then came back to New Orleans. But, man, he was a dominant interior player. I think the best interior player, offensive line-wise, the Saints have ever had at guard, ever had uh, at that position. And I think he ends up one day in Pro Football's Hall of Fame. Let's see if he can get in. But, man, you look at that, they can only pick five names from this group. And I see Antonio Gates one of the premier tight ends uh, from a pass-catching standpoint, from a basketball player who just sort of picked it up. He was a good high school football player but didn't play um, college uh, football anywhere and then ends up being a terrific NFL player. And Julius Peppers, I think one of the premier edge rushers, elite guy coming off the edge, not only for the Panthers, also a while for uh, the Green Bay Packers, Patrick Willis. Man, and he retired early. You talk about a stud, interior player. He was that. And I remember Coach O takes over at Ole Miss. This is Willis. I think Willis was in his sophomore year at, at Ole Miss when, uh-huh. when Ed takes over. And uh, I told him, I said, what you got there? And he said, not a lot, but I got one dude. He could start at USC today. And that's when USC was really humming. And I'm talking about on defense, not just on offense. And he said, it's Patrick Willis. And he was absolutely right on, on Willis and how good he's been. So um, we wish him the best of luck. Hopefully he can get in. I know Jeff Duncan 
from the Times Picayune Advocate is on that board, and he's trying to push real hard for Jari Evans uh, to get into Pro Football's Hall of Fame. But uh, uh, man, congratulations on making it to the finalist list. Hopefully, he can get in. If not. That day will come it's for Jari. That day will come. Looking at the list, Mike, I mean, we, we got to share it to everyone. So Eric Allen, the cornerback uh, who played actually some time in New Orleans, but also spent a lot of time in Philly. Well, he's on there for what he did in Philly. Right, Philly, obviously. And then Jared Allen, I mean, Vikings legend there. <sighs> he was really Willie good. Anderson, the former offensive tackle for the Bengals. Jari Evans, obviously, we just talked about. Dwight Freeney. I mean, some of these names are just like, I mean, I... I kind of remember growing up watching them type of thing. Antonio Gates, as you mentioned, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Man, I saw Randy Gratishar as a kid. He was a linebacker at Ohio State, and the Saints passed on him because they said he had bum knees. They pick a guy by the name of Rick Middleton, who was like a cup of coffee in the NFL, and Gratishar ends up being one of the best middle linebackers in pro football in the 70s. Devin Hester, uh, I mean the greatest kick returner of all time. Torrey Holt, uh, who had a, a very long career in the NFL. Andre Johnson, one of my favorite receivers watching growing up with the Texans. I mean, Julius Peppers, as you said, Fred Taylor, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis. The Patrick Willis story is interesting because it, it, he he didn't play that long. But it's like the the kind of quote from, I think, Blade Runner, like the, the, the star that shines twice as bright burns out as fast, as, like twice as fast, right? Uh, he was outstanding in his career, of course, with the 49ers. And then Darren Woodson. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great list of players, Mike. And also, uh, too, uh, uh, Steve McMichael. Man, everybody remembers Mongo. Uh, University of Texas a defensive tackle. He was part of that great front seven for the Bears in those years. Well, man, you didn't want to play the Bears. Mongo was something. Then he became a wrestler after that. He wrestled in WCW uh, for, a, for a time afterwards. So, uh, and, and Steve's got some serious health issues. But, uh, man, he was one heck of a player. He wasn't the biggest guy in the world. He was maybe yeah. six one and a half, And he told me the most he ever weighed was 282, something like that with the Bears. That defense was, you didn't want to see him. Uh, I know Bobby always talks about when they practiced against him. He's like, man, I was just trying to survive practice. We couldn't get a first down in practice. Right. Uh, that, that's how good the Bears were. So some great names on this list. I, and you got to pick five of the 15 that I just listed that's off. It. Like, it's tough. I love Jari, and I think he will get in at some point. Uh, but this this class is really, really loaded. So we'll see which of those five end up getting in. Do you have any kind of a prediction, Mike? I'd love to see Reggie Wayne get in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, John Errett High School uh-huh. uh, goes to Miami of Florida. Man, Miami of Florida. They had Curtis Johnson and Ed Ogeron recruiting <laughs> for Miami of Florida back there. So that's why you, you see a, a sort of a long list of former Hurricanes that uh, that played their high school football in Louisiana. But Reggie was, you know, he sort of was in the back. Uh, shadows of of Marvin Harrison but man he was a big play guy uh tremendous foot speed great route runner and so it's you know you, you think I look at that list Tory Holt Andre Johnson uh that's some impressive receivers on that list Andre and, Johnson and, was fantastic too and Andre was a big dude guy uh he wasn't a small guy and Tory Holt uh, mm-hmm. greatest show on turf yeah uh, part one uh, what he did with the Rams back then. So it's super list. Uh, again, man, we wish Jari um, all the best with that. And a lot of it is regional voting. Got to remember, there is bias in some of this voting uh, uh, when it comes down to. But to me, the, those three names that we talked about earlier, Gates, 
Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis. Man. Yeah. yeah uh, that would cool. be hard yeah. for me to leave those three guys off my list. I'm with you there, Mike. I loved Patrick watching Patrick Willis play. It was like, for an era, it was him and Luke Keekley, right? Like the best middle linebackers in the NFL. And, I mean, I, I think that he gets in, even though he had a pretty short career. It was only, what, seven or eight years with the 49ers in the NFL. But he was so outstanding in those years. But what he was – in those years, he, he was, was dominant. Yeah, absolutely. And Julius Peppers, Peppers on defense, yeah. too. Man, try to put a hat on a hat on that guy. His numbers speak for themselves. Yeah, he, he's he, could, he could run like a receiver. I mean, uh, and he was a 255, 270-pound guy at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Man, could he run. Uh, and he'd get off that snap off the edge. It was, watch out, here he comes. And again, Gates, great story, but he put up some huge numbers with the Chargers. You and I would both agree, one of the best pass-catching tight ends ever. Ever. Uh, again, uh, man, I love Gronk because he was a tremendous oh, yeah, receiver, both. but he was a tremendous blocker. blocker. It was like having another tackle out there to block for you. So uh, wish Yari all the best. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long. We're going to go to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. We've got some Pelicans talk that we'll do a little bit later on. We're going to go to Josh and Metairie. Josh, in the huddle with Mike and Charlie. Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Thank you, Josh. Um, so I understand a lot of Saints fans want to um, root for the possibility of making the playoffs and, you know, we don't control our destiny. But – Living in reality, um, you know, we want to, we're rooting for the Jets tonight as Saints fans because if you look at the draft order, it's the, it's the Falcons, the Bears, and the Jets that are in front of us. And if we can lose out and we can have one, all, all three of these teams just win one game the rest of the season, we're talking about the eighth pick here, okay? The eighth pick compared to we win one of our games and we have the 15th or 16th pick. We're talking about you know, flexibility here. Teams are wanting to trade up maybe for like a Drake May and we can, you know, get some more assets. I just want to hear your opinions on doing that. And also as piggyback that question, you know, we already have money tied up to the quarterback. And I think that you can agree a rookie quarterback contract with a really good roster is the way to 
start success with the franchise. I don't think taking a quarterback with our first-round pick and having this money tied up to a quarterback benefits us in the long run. So just want to hear your opinion. Who that? And uh, we lose that. All right. Thank you, Josh. Uh, I think when it's going to be all said and done, the top four picks in the draft and whatever order you want to put it in, and I do think that Jaden Daniels is going to push Caleb Williams to be in the top overall pick. I think it'll be oh, one, wow. two, and I think Drake May will be in there. I, don't be surprised. Three quarterbacks will come off the board. In whatever yeah. order you look at it, pang, pang, pang. Well, uh, and Marvin is, Harrison Jr. The issue is what do the Cardinals do? Because the Cardinals currently on the second overall pick with the Patriots having won that game against the Steelers a couple weeks back. The Cardinals, what they could do is they either take Marvin Harrison Jr. with that second overall pick, or you or you trade back. You're not taking a quarterback if you're the Cardinals. You've got all that money dedicated to Kyler Murray already. You already dedicated like you took him with the first overall pick a couple years back. You're not going to use the number two pick on like I think the way that they should probably do it is trade back and maybe you get one of those premier you know offensive tackles to so to what you know the caller was saying that the Saints do trade up if they end up you know with the somewhere around let's say the eight to ten pick right now I think they have the eleven. If I'm correct, with their current seven and eight record, um, they're smack dab in the middle. There's a lot of movement potentially happening with teams that have six wins, teams that have five wins, teams that have seven and eight, stuff like that. Um, they could trade down and maybe still. I mean, we've talked about this, Mike. This upcoming offensive tackle class is incredible. Yeah, so, when uh, when it's all going to be said and done, I I don't like to put out a list now, only because I don't know for sure. Who's going to come in? Because now with, with NIL, some of these guys uh, could decide to come back, but we'll have it out. But you'll be shocked. How many offensive linemen? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got a ton of them but that's in this I'm year's saying, draft potentially class. Potentially, if you're Arizona, if you don't want Marvin Harrison Jr. with potentially the second overall pick, you could trade down to maybe – somewhere in the 8-10 to 10 range and still be able to get maybe like a Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, one of the top tackles in this upcoming class. Uh, and I think that would probably be the smarter move because you pick up extra assets as well uh, versus just using the second overall pick and you trade down to a team that wants to move up to go get you know Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, or Drake May uh, and maybe even leapfrog the Patriots who I think are probably going to take a quarterback as well. The one thing I've learned throughout the years is in a really thick class – Normally, the guys might last a little bit longer yep. because they say, you know, I can get a guy that's pretty close to him. Uh, maybe I can deal back a little bit. And so how quickly can Joalt O'Ali uh, from Penn State yeah. uh, get selected? Because those are going to be the top two offensive linemen. They, they, they're they going to be the top they're two. They're going to be top ten Maybe like oh they'll be top ten, picks. but but like around the I believe six to ten range. I think both of them will go kind of in that area. One may go a little earlier. You think so? so somebody might bite uh, on that. The other part is how quickly the run on receivers happen because we didn't think maybe that run would be as fast uh, this spring as oh, it, it was, was four in a row, uh, and then it was like wing bang bang, and everybody wanted to pick one. And we know Harrison's going to go first, and then, and then it'll Malik. and then it'll be Malik, and then maybe Keon, and and from Washington, oh Adunze, Adunze. Uh, so I think those two guys. I think you're going to have differing opinions on who's two, and then I think Keon probably comes into the mix. But if I'm the Saints. Uh, the the big question mark is, man, I need help on both sides of the line, yeah. offensive line, defensive line. Uh, I got to look at that if I stay pat. And how do they feel about Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback from Washington? Yeah, I'm just telling you, there are going to be some teams in the teens 
that are going to take a long look at Penix Jr. I think there'll be four quarterbacks picked in round one. I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Caleb, Jaden, Drake May go one, two, three, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. But where does Penix go? And some team's going to fall in love with Mike. I'm just saying, I've been around him at the Manning camp, and he is a guy that's really charming. You see him on the field, how he's a take-charge guy, so accurate with his throws. But you know what? If I can't get my quarterback in round one, I got to go big man. I got to get me an offensive lineman or a pass rusher like Jared Verse from Florida State. We said this during the draft this past year, Mike. Like When you have a class that's loaded, go get someone from it. I mean, you see what this tight end class is doing this year as rookies. They're and they lighting whiffed. up the league. And and look across the board how productive every one of them have been. Yeah, Laporta, Kincaid, like even Mayer's kind of coming along. Mike, like I don't know, it, it's it's frustrating. And the Packers got Musgrave. not one; they, they got, got two. two of yeah, them. Musgrave and Kraft. I mean, <laughs> but Musgrave's obviously injured. But when he was healthy, he was producing very well as well. Like I, I just when, when I, you have a loaded get, class, go I, get one of them. I, I I don't get that philosophy of uh it's a i'll get one a little bit later on uh, we have him ranked 12 but you know that, man listen you got a chance to pick a big time player you pick him and uh, one of the favorites for me is has been jared verse to watch him play at florida state this year he's not ideal size but who the hell cares that guy can play and he is so fast coming off the edge, and his ability to use his arms and hands are just so, so good. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long. And on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line, we have with us our multimedia journalist, Don Trung. Uh, you can see all his stuff on the Thong Report uh, podcast and uh, does a great job uh, covering different uh, topics across the board. So, Double T, great to have you on with us, brother. How you been? Mike, where you at, boy? Um, I'm doing good, doing good. You bring up an interesting topic about uh, the after effects of now going to a 12-team uh, playoff system of how it affects the Bulls. And we all, all know what this is going to be all about. Dead presidents printed on paper. Oh, <laughs> and, and listen, it ain't that the world uh, the, that we live in? And how that is going to affect the Sugar Bowl, one of the certainly one of the premier bowl games. And fortunate this year to have that Final Four game. And Don, all I can tell you is this: this city going to be burnt orange real quick. I mean, Texas oh, is going to bring know. a gang real fast. 
Man, they're, you know, that's that's the issue when you got good neighbors like Texas, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Bobby don't like Texas, but whatever. Uh, they're going to play in the SEC this coming season, so we'll see how this all works out yeah. with Texas. But kind of tell us a little bit about it because you got to sit down with people involved with the Sugar Bowl and how are they going to look at this because it's the after effects of the 12-game playoffs and them having to adjust and also cities with a lot more cash flow involved with it now, challenging the Sugar Bowl uh, for one of for those sure. spots. And I, I would think this is all about getting better sponsors or more sponsorship, I should say. It's tough. And, and Mike and Charlie, I appreciate you you guys having me on. It, it's rare that I get on the, the sports the sports channel here, but you know, this is, you know, occasionally the podcast will kind of veer into worlds that kind of intersect with economy and, and sports. And that's what we're talking about here. And it's, you know, to answer your question, it's going to be two fronts for the sugar bowl. The, the immediate change will be next season when, as you mentioned, the, the playoff system will go to a 12 team system. So you'll, you'll have that dynamic changing and you'll have more cities and teams involved. That's the more immediate one. But when you take a look at two years from now, which is when the contract with the sugar bowl between the sugar bowl and the college playoff, football playoff that's going to expire that that's probably the, the the most concerning for the sugar bowl and probably for the city of new orleans too because when that contract expires there's no guarantee that the sugar bowl nor new orleans stays in the college football playoff picture because as you mentioned already you have so many other cities right now that are very well healed when you're talking about finances uh, that have good sponsorship that have good infrastructure for hosting events and also they're building new stadiums and the, the whole nine they're throwing that out there and they're lobbying so now you have to a situation where the sugar bowl has been here for 90 years they launched a new ad campaign to make people aware but really it's basically to ask for help from the business community because all of these other cities nashville las vegas orlando houston They've been building their their game plan to kind of get into and, and establish themselves in the bowl system. Uh, tradition and history, which the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans has a long history in the college football playoff, uh, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to stay in there. The other thing, too, uh, Thon, is the fact that I think that when you look at it, um, there is some unknown anytime. Listen, if you're an investor, you think you might know a lot about a stock until finally you find out you maybe don't know as much as you think you know. And this is sort of the same way with this. I think the stock here is very good in the 12-team playoff. One, mm-hmm. I think it's going to keep players from opting out early. Because if you're involved with the 12-team playoff, you're going to want to be involved. You're going to want to play. Uh, I, I get that particular part because you have a national championship that you're vying for. Now, once you get knocked out, then, then you know, it's Katie bar the door. But I do think it'll keep more college players from opting out of the bowl game. Secondly, the interest. My goodness. And I don't think they, people like to hear it, but the gaming industry – and TV, uh, they they signing that contract because they got peeping eyes watching all over for one reason or another. Either you got money on the game or you got interest on the game. And I think those two elements have come into play here where, um, you know, a city like Houston or Nashville or San Antonio and you know, Florida, uh, some of the Florida cities, that's who 
right now New Orleans is in the battle with. Oh, for sure. And and look, when, when you talk about the money involved, just for this college football playoff this year, I spoke with Jeff Hundley. He's the CEO of the, the Sugar Bowl, the nonprofit that runs the Sugar Bowl. He says, you know, altogether, what's invested is one north of $1 billion. And you're talking about more than 20 million viewers. And that's just for the, the, the bowl games that we got for this year. You expand it out to 12 games now. And as, as you mentioned, you, you, now you have the gaming and forget, you know, to, you know, not even to mention the NIL money that's right. involved in all of this now. You know, you're looking at the, the money that's just growing, but also the appetite for, for college football playoff. It's huge. But you know, what Jeff told me was he also mentioned that there's another interesting dynamic is that you have a lot of the universities that have been in the bowl games throughout history here. They're now lobbying to get the bowl system and the bowl games to be on their home field much like how the NFL does it. Yeah. They're trying to, to get that position, and that, that would spell a lot of doom and gloom for a lot of the bold organizations because, as you know, I mean, the, most of them make their money off of ticket sales, not the TV contracts, as most people think. It's ticket sales. And so they have to, as a bold organization, you have to, to put your best foot, foot forward, you have to sell out every game. Well, if you do it in a university setting, you're going to guarantee there's going to be sellouts. And also, when, when you have these when these expanded schedules now with, with these playoffs, you're talking about you know more games for these teams to travel. They'd rather stay home. If you have home field advantage, that's going and to you be save money. That they can work in yeah, absolutely. Bingo save money, exactly. And then you still and you still capture the audience. And the audience isn't going anywhere. I mean, if nothing else, it's growing. But now you have this interesting dynamic. So there's a lot There's a lot at stake, and there's a lot of factors that may actually work against the Sugar Bowl. And not just the Sugar Bowl, but the bowl system itself. Uh, so it's, you know, the, the, I covered that in the podcast, and there's a lot of history going on with it. But the more immediate concern for the Sugar Bowl right now is getting enough funding and getting generating enough support from the business community here to compete with those other cities when their contract expires with the college football playoffs. So that means bottom line, they need better sponsorship. If it's local or national. That that that's the cut to the chase. Tom, you also kind of mentioned that the contract expires in two years, correct? Yep. Yep. You're right, yep. Charlie. So yep. so with the upcoming expansion, Mike kind of hinted at it. The the cultural playoff expanding to twelve teams, I think from what I've read, the first round is going to be hosted by like the lower seeds they'll, they'll be hosting games on campus before then it gets to you know those final couple of games that are end up being the bowl games right. um so how does like kind of the changing landscape of the college football playoff changing two twelve teams kind of impact the sugar bowl because when it was four teams we mike and i have talked about this it's kind of cycled through different like the fiesta bowl the sugar bowl the rose bowl like all the major bowls the orange bowl stuff like that how can you know i guess the sugar bowl kind of pitch that they deserve to be kind of in that number every single year with a 12 team college football playoff well, that, that's the challenge, and how it affects is that you now have more players, whereas before you're only dealing with you know, just a few set of really important bowls, the ones that matter. Now you're expanding it out, and that, that also spreads, spreads the wealth, but it also spreads the, the liability for you not to kind of be the, the big player. Um, you know, and then that's, that's the luxury that the Sugar Bowl has enjoyed for many, many years now. But when you go to this 12-team 12, 12 system, this 12-game system, 
Um, it's going to change the dynamic of how we're going to take a look at college football because, yeah, you have these lower seed games that will be playing, but the rotation of where these bigger bowls, the, the, the high-stakes ones where you get to the semifinals and then the championship, you're opening that up to more cities. And when that contract expires with the college football playoff, um, you know, I, I asked Jeff Hundley, the CEO of the Sugar Bowl, is like, is it pay to play? And he's like, look, I don't want to be that crass, but you need <laughs> but money it's close. to stay relevant. <laughs> it's yeah, close. yeah, yeah it's pretty damn close. Yeah. yeah. You know, you need to show and you need to pay your way into the system because right now you have a lot of other cities that are better financed. They have really good infrastructure mm-hmm. and they're very good at raising money. And, you know, what Jeff said, he's like, look, there's a lot of great things that happen in New Orleans. There's great culture. There's great tourism and, and great infrastructure to kind of host events. But he said, the one thing we don't do very well in New Orleans, in, in Louisiana, really, is finances. You know, we don't have a, a lot of Fortune 500 companies. There's only one that's headquartered in New Orleans. You know, you're dealing with, you know, very well-heeled cities and states that are very well-established with good economic development. That looks good on paper, and it also looks good on camera when you have these big bowl games on TV. Double T, looking at it, um the economic impact, I don't know if you guys touched upon this and, and kind of the range what you're looking at. I know one thing, my, my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter works at the World War II Museum, and she says, mm-hmm. you know, they got huge crowds that go there, uh, you know, in the days leading up to if it's a sugar bowl or now the Final Four type games and the hotels. I mean, you try to get your room now. Uh, you know, and, and, right. and a lot of it is Texas, certainly. You understand that because the proximity of it, but the economic impact of having a Final Four game played in the city. Well, it, annually it's $200 million. And that, that's, you know, I, I'm always a little wary of talking about economic impact dollars, but that's the figure that they're working with. And when they launched this in what they call the Keep New Orleans Sweet campaign, that's the Sugar Bowls kind of campaign to basically get more financial support from the business community here in New Orleans. They brought Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser in to talk about what the Sugar Bowl means economically, not just to New Orleans, but to the state as well. So, you know, in terms of what the Sugar Bowl means for the city of New Orleans and the state of Louisiana, it's huge. But to be fair, it's a very symbiotic relationship. It's mutually beneficial for everybody. You know, the Sugar Bowl has a great setting in New Orleans. It brings in a lot of tourism for New Orleans, and it's a win-win situation. But again, that tradition has been going on for for 90-plus years now, Uh, and everybody else wants to be in that game, in that number, as Charlie mentioned. Now you have more competitors, and a lot of them have more money. That's that's the bottom line. A lot of them have more monies. They have bigger stadiums, newer stadiums as well. The Superdome, as great as a venue as it is, it's almost 50 years old. And that, that, that's something that you have to consider when you're the college football playoff. The commissioners, they're looking at that. You know, is it time for a change? Do we need, do we need a new city to introduce a new bowl? That's, that's, that's a fair question. It is. Don, I think about it growing up as a kid. That side of the Rose Bowl. Okay, to see that when that would come on television. But tradition starting to be discarded that, that tra- in college football. That tradition of mm-hmm. there. But, you know, you, you sort of imagery of – yeah, okay, the, the Sugar Bowl being in the Dome, yeah. the Rose Bowl, you know, and in you see that backdrop uh, of the Rose Bowl. 
Um, that there is something still about tradition, and, and I understand change, and even at my age, it's constant change. But there is something about that that sort of hangs with the NCA and the way they have constructed this now, but with no leadership with the NCA, and it's the wild, wild west now. They're not going to be able to sway big money uh, away from another city. You sort of out on an island now if you're the Sugar Bowl. Highest bidder. It is. And, and, and Charlie, I, th- I think you, you hit it on the head. It's, it's like, uh, uh, look, you know, 2020 with, with LSU winning it in, in the Dome, that you couldn't have scripted oh, it better, Oh, couldn't right? have scripted it better. Oh, my God, right, but, yeah. But, but the Sugar Bowl had to put up $6 million of its own money for that bid in, in, in part to, to kind of get that in there. That's something a lot of the other bowls aren't doing. Six million of its own money. Most of the other bowl organizations are raising it from within the cities that that, that they're based in, because they're they're based and established in very well financially healed cities. So yeah, that looks great. But you know, at the end of the day, as, as Charlie mentioned, the highest bidder might win because it might look better to be in a stadium like SoFi Stadium. Yeah, Who knows? that's true. You know. It's it's a gorgeous stadium. It's brand new, and and yeah, tradition. I, I agree with you. You know, we're we're all for the home team here. I think the tradition and, and the long history that the Sugar Bowl has had works. But how long can it work? That you know, time moves in one direction, and a lot of the college football playoff commissioners, I'd imagine, maybe they do want to change, and maybe they're not so married to the tradition and history that we have here. No, they they married to that uh, money trail, that money road. Because that, that's today, that that's what it's all about. Don, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Really appreciate it. And the podcast is up about that, correct? Yeah, they, they can search for the Tan Report wherever they get their podcasts. They search for T-H-A-N-H in their podcast platforms, and that'll pop up. You should check it out if you're a college football playoff fan. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Man, we always appreciate it, and we still got to hook up on that basketball. Game. Hey, there you go. You got it. You got it. All right, Charlie. Take Bye. it easy, Tom. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Um, and does a great job. Tom Trung, uh, a multimedia uh, guy here with WWL and Odyssey Network, uh, does a fantastic job. But that that's a story behind the story now, and we're going to hear more and more about it, how they are in a big-time battle now. A lot of people don't realize, I mean, their contract with the college football playoff is up in two years. And with all the changes that are happening to the college football playoff, with it going from four teams to 12 teams, in one year, I mean, Mike, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> and we all know where it leads. Oh, Who yeah. got the bigger bag? You know it. That's the NCAA this, uh, this day and age. <laughs> we'll be back to finish it up here on our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870 right after this break. We're finishing up here on our number one of Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike you along with Charlie Long. We've had a couple of texts uh about, uh, well, isn't the Rose Bowl old too? That's why I brought it up. Man, Cotton Bowl too. Uh, and look what's happened to them. They, they were, That was one of the premier bowl games. Eh, not anymore. No. Uh, so, okay, this is, and the Rose Bowl is funded. Totally different than the Sugar Bowl. Well, they got a lot of different veins uh, pumping uh, uh, blood money, so to speak, uh, into the Rose Bowl. And so you got to understand that I think this is a reach out to the community that, hey, listen, we need some help here sponsorship wise, because now we competitive. SoFi Stadium, that's brand new in L.A. And they're going to get involved. They got money rolling in left and right there. 
for it. So Nashville, they're building a new stadium. Atlanta. They want to get involved. Uh, it's a totally, totally different ball game today, and that's why I brought it up to Athan about the fact that, hey, the Rose Bowl's old too. So is the Orange Bowl. But look what happened to the Cotton Bowl. That was a tradition on January 1st, me growing up, and, and for years afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of fallen by the wayside now. It's not that premier bowl game. And so things change. And the money train keeps rolling. It's still like a part of the New Year's Six, Mike, like with the Orange Bowl and the Rose Bowl. and the But con- it's the, not the, the prestige yeah. it once had. Well, I don't really – I kind of – put them almost all at the same level so to speak like all those games because they're always including you know the top 15 teams and stuff like that like but you look at fiesta yeah the fiesta that that, that ain't going anywhere and and neither will the rose bowl yeah that's gonna stay put the rose bowl is never going anywhere because of the money train that's headed in that direction which is different from the sugar bowl same thing with the orange bowl as well like like I mean, there are some that are really kind of implanted, and the Sugar Bowl should be the same, but as you said, they definitely need some help. Yeah, and I think this is a wake-up call for the community that uh, you're going to need some help here to keep the Sugar Bowl really relevant uh, as a big-time bowl in college football. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this news break. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.